Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. <laughs> it's 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 Tuesday night and we're, I'm sorry and we're all crossed out. I'm very sorry. I'm doing a I'm doing the world's worst stuff. Uh, I'm doing a physical. How the how am I going to explain this? I don't know. I don't know. Je, hey Jen, how's it going? Good. The way I just explained it is like we have great tech, but we use it in the most basic ass way possible. Yes, I, I know. Like Jen and I are both coming out of the same uh, the same speaker, the same. We're both coming out of what appears to be my mouth in the um, in the call in app. What? I can still hear the music through my phones. I know you can. I know. Don't worry. All right. Don't worry. I'm telling you. I know. I know. Don't you like don't you like talking over the music? Like when we do the pod, like and I then listen, I then slap the music on. It sounds kind of better. Anyway, we're both coming out of like what appears to be my uh, my mouth here. I'm, okay, see there there now the music's gone. Now the music's gone. Now I can put you back in your headphones. Hold on. See, there you go. There you go. There we go. Right. Okay, that was deliberate. I'll explain later what I did. But when you listen to the the the, the finished result. It will all make sense. I'm sure. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're because again, as we said on the pod, because we're in the same space now. Go away, dog. Um, we uh, we have a special guest tonight. Yes, Yoko is Yoko is here <laughs> demanding attention because she can't. People cannot be talking in uh, animated tones around her without her being like, "No, nah, I want, I want in on that. I want in on that." Anyway, uh, yeah, like we're 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 trying um this kind of setup because we discovered in the middle of a pod in the middle of a show like this that uh we can actually uh use it through browser now i'm actually like not i don't even have call and open on my phone um but uh we're both talking into actual mics uh i'm looking at a decent uh chat window that's in front of my face uh we can take callers this way it's really nice and so the only a quote unquote drawback is that you, you know, you see Jen as the speaker here, just muted and not actually talking. I guess we could, in theory, I could change my account to like all crossed out hosts or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. 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 Anyway, how's it going, everyone? Uh, it's it's going that's that's pretty much my philosophy right now is i'll just figure it out as i go along i i have a new apartment i don't have any trash cans in it um but i i have a bed and i have a table and i have my workstation but i don't have i i have cookware but i don't have like a broom or a vacuum cleaner yeah as someone who is uh, i've moved i've moved uh in the way that you describe now where you need all new stuff. It's not just like 
Yeah, you know, like like when you pack up a house that's that's fully stocked and you got all your like your bathroom things and your yeah, like I've had to go to like uh, when I moved to New York, there was like a weird mom and pop kind of like hardware store across the street from me, and I went there and came back with like just armfuls of stuff. Yeah, like everything you need for the bathroom, everything you need for the kitchen, things you don't think you need, like a, you don't remember that you need, like a scrubber or a, I don't know, like you said, a toilet brush. And yeah, this was by design. Like I got rid of all my old stuff because it was old and I was just, I wanted new stuff anyway. It's just remembering like when you're setting up a new household, like all of the things that you need, there's so many, so many little things. Like I need, I need to get, a Swiffer and I need to get like all manner of things. And it's just like, but I'm like, okay, it's fine. I will do this slowly. I will acquire the things as I acquire them. And it, it's okay. It's okay. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> One day at a time. I mean, and again, I keep reminding you the, I'm trying to be the optimist and be like the fact that, uh, that, you know, like I'm, I'm, here to lend a hand and you aren't totally like a stranger in a strange land. It's gotta be kind of fun. Uh, I know it's nice for me. Cause I know how, like, again, I've, I've moved where I had to do everything by myself. It's not, it's not, not easy. It's not fun either. No. So this, this definitely helps. And especially like my, my bathroom sprung a leak the other day. And I was like, I'd be way more freaked out about this if I didn't know that there was like <laughs> another bathroom I could just go use if I need to. That really is a, a quite a good point. And yeah, like uh, when I, when I moved to DC, I had a similar situation where I had a relative who lived in the same building as me and I, uh, and yeah, like that, that, that's exactly right. Like if something happens, you're like, I don't, I don't have to figure out where to sleep tonight. I don't know what. Um, Anyway, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, not worrying about your house, uh, SBF's <laughs> parents bought a hundred and twenty-one million dollar property in the Bahamas. How about that? Ah, I wonder how that happened. It, no, it, I'm sure it was just their, their son is just you know just a guy, and he got in over his head, and it just you know it all just it all caught up to him. What's the know. What's the shark? Who's the Shark Tank guy? Who's like a big SBF guy? Who even now said like that he would invest with him again? Um, I forget, but he's he was on their payroll. Like he's a paid spokesman. Yeah, but he and he said yeah, but 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 he and he when he was first plugging FTX, he was saying like the reason I feel very secure about this is that both this guy's parents are compliance <laughs> compliance lawyers. So where else are you going to feel safety? And that's, by the way, probably also like a thing that uh, hurts any kind of deniability, ignorance, plea to ignorance, mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. You know, it's a little hard to to argue that you, you know, innocently did something when not only, again, are you a compliance lawyer, but the fact that you are was like used by a high profile people associated with your kid to sell his crypto exchange and you didn't say anything about it. Uh, and so, you know, if your experience can be traded on like that, pun intended to get people on board, you can't then say like, Oh, I didn't know this was, <laughs> I thought, I thought this was all kosher money. 
I thought this was on the up and up. His parents are compliance lawyers. I'm surely he wouldn't do anything like that. Yeah, and like, and and they're like, and they're the head of their compliance department is some guy who is who got convicted of helping. What was it? I can't remember. You got to look up the YouTuber Coffeezilla, who's a who's a kind of an expert on this stuff, and he was talking about how. You know, like the guy they hired for their compliance department is some guy who got convicted of trying to like to do fraud or yeah. something like that. And again, if you're if you're the next Warren Buffett, if you're the next, you know, if you're like the, a legitimate genius golden child, what possible reason would you have to work with somebody who has a reputation like that in the industry? Like regular people don't know who this is, right? Like the name wouldn't ring a bell, but if you're somebody who's like involved in the world of, I don't know, securities fraud and you hear that, that he's working with this and yeah, um, Coffeezilla spoke to some guy, I can't remember his name, but he said that he took the story to Bloomberg in July and Bloomberg's crypto team were like, eh, well, but we need access and we can't, we can't. And so they kind of buried the story. Mm-hmm. And this kind of dovetails nicely with another sort of ending of a, a golden child story that happened this week is that Elizabeth Holmes was finally her trial ended and she ended up getting 13 years for fraud and various other sorts of things. If you don't remember, she was the founder of Theranos, yes. which was a biotech company. What if, what if you could with one little prick change the entire world? I mean, yeah. It's My great. voice is definitely this low. <laughs> I'm totally not putting this on. <laughs> but for those of you who don't scammer. know this story, yeah, it was a biotech company and it was the next big thing. She was the first female self-made billionaire. She was the golden child. She was the, the next big Steve Jobs, but bigger and better. And basically the, the problem is, the whole project was vaporware front to back. Like Theranos never produced an actual working prototype, let alone anything that would be even remotely usable in the consumer market that did what they said it was going to do. Right now, now Elizabeth Holmes's uh, 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 sin is not, uh, uh, is not operating in a, uh, don't tell me what I can't do mentality, a fake it till you make it mentality. That's not her problem because her like her college professor that she came to with some kind of project, she came to with this project and her professor was like, this is ridiculous. Like you can't do this. And she did it anyway. And I think a lot, there is a motivation like that. There are plenty of people who are, you know, like the Wright brothers. Like if you go read uh, David McCull's Wright brothers book, uh, you know, they could have easily just been like, yeah, this is, we're never, this is impossible. Like mm-hmm. considering like the, the prestige of the people who were telling them that they couldn't do it, the consensus that they couldn't, all that stuff. But they were like, no, we, we got this. And so, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of work with that mentality of like, I can, I can see this, I can visualize this. Uh, and they did try, you know, it's not that she was like, she didn't, that's the thing. Like she didn't set out to defraud anyone. 
but it did turn out to be this thing where like it turned into a fire festival situation, a situation of like, okay, we just got to like, yes, the test doesn't work now, but like Walgreens wants it now. So like, just, just tell them you're doing the test, give people like regular blood tests. And in the meanwhile, like we'll get it working and then it'll be fine. Like we'll fill this gap just, and you keep trying to like plug Mm -hmm. holes in this like sinking ship. And, uh, but that's, that's where the that's where the crime is. That's where the crime part happens. Right. And that's why I say there's similarities between the FTX story and the Theranos story in that maybe you started out with the best of intentions, but at some point you started defrauding people and you did it knowingly because, I mean, obviously at some point at Theranos, obviously you realize that this tech is not viable Obviously, at FTX, at some point you realize, okay, we don't have the money to cover our investments. And the other similarity to this, which I find very interesting, even even now when people want to talk about Elizabeth Holmes, is like there's still that sort of wanting to give the benefit of the doubt. Like, oh, she wasn't trying to defraud anybody. She was just trying to change the world and make it a better place. And it's like... Yeah, that might have been where it started. That ain't where it ended. And that's why she is now going to do 13 years in prison. Allegedly. I mean, I'm sure she'll probably get out earlier than that, but whatever. Yeah. And and that was the thing that uh, that was the thing that SBF told Kelsey Piper in that DM exchange where he was like, we say all the right things so that people like us. uh, And and uh, and they all use again, if you watch uh, if you watch. uh, the documentary about Theranos. I can't remember what it's called. Um, it's not called Bad Blood. That's the name of the book. But excellent um, book, by the way. It's an excellent documentary too. Uh, but if you watch, I then watched later another documentary called The Bleeding Edge, mm-hmm. which is about how uh, medical companies um, exploit this kind of uh, FDA loophole to introduce new untested medical devices under like the guise of it being an improvement on an existing thing. And if you, if it's only an improvement on an existing design, you don't need to go through the same kind of regulatory process. This by the way, is how the uh, seventh, the Boeing 737 max scandal happened. They kind of tried to uh, uh, kind of put together with like a, a gu- bubble gum, bubble gum and band-aids mm-hmm. something so that they could get away with saying this doesn't need to get recertified avionically. And that's, that caused problems. And yeah, like for example, like some hip replacement thing, they were like, oh, we're going to start using cobalt with it. And they kind of finagled it into not needing medical studies because it was just a change of whatever. And people got cobalt poisoning, which makes you go insane. And like nobody knew until it took a long time for somebody to put like one and one together and to be like, oh, look, all these people who just went randomly insane have a cobalt hip implant or something like that. And yeah, like literally, like you should go watch this movie. But like the thing that the reason I'm bringing it up is that all of the entrepreneurs and the medical device company people in it speak exactly like Holmes does. And exactly like a lot of these other people talk like in the crypto space about, it's all about like disrupting. We need to disrupt the space, the medical companies that charge you for all of these tests. She does sound like, this is how she speaks by the way. And that's not her real voice. Yeah. It is artificially low. Yeah. Like there's, there's recordings of her. It's like, uh, it's like, uh, it's like back when, uh, when Larry, the cable guy, you know, pretended that, (laughs) 
Ma'am, we're recording. She know. I mean, she know. Why do you think she's she's uh, she's moving to the noisy toys? <laughs> I, I won't be ignored, Dan. Here, here, go, go get it, go get it. <laughs> Seal team is like Yoko, indeed. I let her know that her her disruptions are well uh, <laughs> are well received. Um, uh, they all talk in the language of disruption. And I've, I've used that term about Elon Musk, but see the difference is like Elon Musk le- did legitimately something that mostly just risks him, right? That's the thing. Like if Twitter, like that's like if Twitter c- collapses, if the, if the enterprise of Twitter collapses, the only person who will lose everything is Elon Musk. You know what I mean? Like, it, uh, uh, FTX lost other people's money. Theranos risked people's health and tons and tons of money and the reputations and careers of people who got in their way, all of that stuff. Twitter, I know, unlike, you know, like despite what Ben Collins might say, like is mostly Elon Musk, like just like putting his own like money at risk, putting his own status at risk. Right. And the, the other similarity between the FTX story and the Theranos story is how the media has covered both of those in back when basically it, it's kind of funny. It, there's a funny anecdote in the book, Bad Blood from John Carew, how basically the whole reason this all got kind of kicked off is because of military bureaucracy tipping off the FDA that maybe they should be getting involved in this. But I mean, what it was in in that coverage, and you see it in the FTX coverage too, is there is this willingness to kind of go soft on certain people, not just because, you know, they say the right things and they're promoting the right causes and everything, but there is very much that element of wanting to be part of the next big thing. And you saw that a lot with Theranos too, especially, I mean, the board of directors for Theranos is basically like a who's who of everybody in like DC and New York political elite. Yeah, And it it wasn't that any of them know anything particular about biotech. It's wanting to be part of that bleeding edge. You want to be part of the next big thing. You want to say that you were there before everybody else. And this is the new thing. And crypto is very much like that at, too. So a lot of people kind of want to cheer for SBF and cheer for FTX because it's like, I, I want to be part of the thing. It's the big thing. And I want to be part of it. Well, and, and uh, I mean, Elizabeth Holmes clearly had a, a knack for uh, charming, like old white dudes mm-hmm. like uh, Henry Kissinger and George Schultz, you know, all that stuff. Uh, and she, because the thing that annoyed me was there was an article I read a while back that was complaining that about how much she was the face of the disaster and that it wasn't fair because because women's right because woman. Well, no, because she was the face of uh, she wasn't just the face of Theranos. She was Theranos. Well, but so but there was another the other guy right who also who like I think got convicted more than she did. Yeah, but he was always kind of, especially as far as media coverage is concerned, he was always the dude in the background. It was always Holmes. She was the one on the covers. She was the one doing the interview. She was the one getting all the press. 
she was Theranos. Well, like it was her baby. It's well, her company. Well, that's and, – and not just that though. The press was all too willing to like run with that because she was a woman – in like the founder space, which yeah. was like a rare thing. And it was like a great story about like, look at this woman and look at how she's self-made and all that stuff. And so, and, and you know what? So fuck, so fuck you. Like if that's, if you're, if you're the one like reaping all of the rewards for that. And if the media is like, oh, woman, woman is the face of success. Then she also has got to be the face of failure. I don't know what to tell you. You know, like if, if they, if Apple, when, when Apple brought back Steve Jobs, if they had like totally failed or whatever, he would have been the face of that failure in the same way that he was the face of their of the success that he brought. Um, but and again, it she knew that's that's the thing too. It isn't that like oh they tried and they reached for them they failed. No 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 no, they kept going and going long after they all knew that it not only failed but that it would never succeed. Right? I keep saying this about Lance Armstrong. The least bad thing that Lance Ar- that Lance Armstrong did was cheat in the Tour de France. That was the least bad thing that he did. If all he did was cheat in the Tour de France, do EPO or whatever, mm-hmm. and then it had come out years later and they would have stripped him of his titles or whatever, that would have been – but it was what he did to cover it up, how many people he ruined in a – I mean, again, if you want to watch – uh, there's a couple of documentaries about uh, about Lance Armstrong, and like the 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 path of ruined lives that he left in his wake in an attempt to like preserve his name. That's the bad shit that he did. And so Theranos again, Theranos, the fact that they you know promised big and and failed. That's not that happens a lot. What are you yeah. gonna do? Sometimes you aim for the you aim for the moon and you miss. You know. That's not the that's not the problem. No, and, and that was also the problem with Theranos is that Holmes did lean on Rupert Murdoch, who was an investor in Theranos, to try to get him to kill the Wall Street Journal's coverage of this story. Like, like at some point, it you know that these people know what they're doing. It's it, it goes from a point of being like. Oh, we're just like kind of bumbling around doing innocent stuff. And th- there comes a point where you know they know what they're doing and you continue doing it and you continue ramping up on it. And that's what's happening with uh, with, F- with some of yeah. the FTX coverage where there's there's a lot of like, oh, look at the, this this attempt to save the world fail. Like I said, the that article where it was like the collapse of FTX is – going to prevent it's going to prevent Sam Bankman Freed from stopping the next covid and it's like are you fucking his parents bought a 121 million dollar property in the Bahamas he's not fixing shit you goddamn and and I, you know what i don't know what's what's like what's easier to swallow that people like that are like so naive, like they're so convinced that somebody who says, oh, I'm woke and I'm going to fix the world is in fact like that or that it's that it's paid PR. Right. And the funniest, the funniest tweet I've seen about this, because you're starting to see stories come out, especially after the Holmes conviction happening this week, too, where you're starting to see these stories about like, the similarities between Theranos and FTX and how everything kind of went to shit. And the Wall Street Journal promoted their story with this tweet that says, 
I, 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 and I'm paraphrasing that I, I guess now we know that people in hoodies and turtlenecks can defraud people just as much as people in suits and ties. And I'm like, Oh my God, are you fucking kidding me? You it's, it's all about style. It's all about image. It's all about, and, and like I said on the pod, like what SBF said about, you know, saying the right things in public and everything. Like, it's the truth. That's the fucking truth. Like, this is what companies do to garner good press. He, he wasn't lying. Like, that's what he did. And so, and, and Theranos kind of did the same thing in that their whole, like, uh, we're going to revolutionize blood testing and we're going to make it to where people can go to Walgreens and they're the one prick and they can test for 150 things and, like, that doesn't even make a damn bit of sense. I but mean, yeah, it, look, if you want to if you want to talk about a way in which capitalism is evil, you know, sort of, right? Uh because I'm not an anti-capitalist yeah. by any stretch of the imagination. But if you want to if if you want to uh, if you want to make an argument that capitalism is evil, the argument you should make is that uh it has the unique ability to take uh, uh, groups that oppose it and turn it into a marketing demographic, which is fucking really like it's really evil. You know, if you read uh, Isaac Asimov's Foundation series, there's a uh, an antagonist in it called the Mule, and he's a mutant who has like a mind control power. And the thing that he can do is like if he can take one emotion that you feel and turn it into another emotion. So if somebody really hates him, he can take that intense hate and just switch it into intense love. And then all of a sudden that person is like fiercely loyal to him. And that's what kind of what, what woke capitalism is. It just like, it's, it sings like a siren song, like the fucking like Namor's people, right? It, 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 they come out of the water and they go like, diversity and inclusion and the media just like walk off the ship into the ocean <laughs> and, like, and you can't say that's an indictment of capitalism but then again if you're the kind of person that this is how you make your purchasing decisions like you you like when i buy things i'm like i'm looking at okay is this a good product do i think it'll serve my needs i'm not looking at like the corporate mission statement to see if it gives me the warm fuzzies and then be like Ooh, yeah, I'm going to spend my money with this company because they're locally grown, sourced, owned by woman co-op. Like, I don't care. And I'm and it's so disgusting to me. Again, I don't whatever you hate Elon Musk. Again, I've never I mean, go go look at the history of my tweets about Elon Musk. Like I said, I was taking it on the chin when I was the only one who had the the balls to say Elon Musk is never going to deliver any ventilators. He's full of shit. If you know, if you knew how much like uh, 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 disgusting DMs I got, how much, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not joking. If I were, if I were like a, a Taylor Lorenz type, I could have, <laughs> I could have claimed legitimate I'm victimhood being harassed on the internet. I'm just saying like the, 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 uh, th really some of the worst and before that like uh, from the era before like i deleted all my tweets like in 2013 14 mm -hmm. yeah i was the guy who was like i don't like him because of thunderfoot and his like back when like uh the um the uh what you call it the hyperloop was his big mm -hmm. thing and that's kind of bullshit it's not good tech whatever anyway yeah uh the thing that's disgusting to me is that like, people are so obsessed with elon musk who again 
just bought a social m- m- network that they love with tons and tons of money and is acting like weird and childish on it. And meanwhile, you have this other guy who made his millions defrauding people. And if you're woke, wouldn't it annoy you that somebody is like using that shit as a, essentially like as a fraud tactic instead, like he's getting softballed while people are like wasting all of their time screaming about Elon Musk. Well, because Elon Musk bought everybody's favorite toy and, and now he might take it away or change it or I mean, not. For real. Or, or I, I, who I, you can't even keep up with it anymore, but honestly, and it's funny to me that SBF gets all of this sort of credit for like, oh, he was going to stop the next pandemic, which I don't even know. I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Yeah. But whatever you feel Effective about- Effective altruism is what it means. Yeah. He was gonna, I don't know how crypto, because that's the thing, right? there. If they Was he said, gonna rub a Bitcoin on it? Well, like, that's, you're right. Because like, if they had said that about Theranos, if someone had said like, Theranos- their their machine, their their Edison machine is gonna prevent another pandemic. I would have said, okay, that I get, makes sense. Yeah, like I get where you're, but like, yeah, how will how will crypto save again? But it's the this idea, this idea of like when 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 somebody with the right ideas about the world gets like. I, to me, the the hidden sort of the hidden appeal of effective altruism is to say, get rich enough so that you can dump lots of money into like woke shit and still be very rich after that. Like have enough money that you can do both, but that's but you never get to phase two. It always ends at phase one, the phase where you have a, where your parents buy a hundred and twenty one million dollar mansion in the Bahamas. By the way, I guess his mother wrote some kind of ethics paper about how people don't really have any free choice and therefore we shouldn't be ju- judgmental of criminals like years ago. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, ethics, one of the fields that uh, loses touch with reality the most in like the, the abstract academic and abstract academia is ethics. It really is because you really will like get uh, bizarre leaps of like uh, uh, only in theory on paper logic where they'll be like, well, there is no difference between eating meat and cannibalism, you know, if you break it down in an abstract ethical sense. And it's like, okay. It's weird to know that somebody who works in like financial compliance wrote something like that because that would mean that like your whole job is meaningless then because if nobody has any kind of free will or intent, then there's no need for a financial compliance department because nobody ever does anything bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I, I, I'm, I, I'm like, on an, I don't know, honestly, anyway. yeah, honestly, I, it does, there is something about this that makes me feel good about myself because uh, I, I, at no point ever would I think that this guy is gonna fix the world. I'm no. s- and I'm not I'm not saying that I'm some kind of uh insightful genius. I'm just saying like it's not people have the I think people have the the wrong impression because of Hollywood and like media and fiction of the you know the the singular mind, right? I think and and once in a while you get someone who's a little like that. I mean people think Steve Jobs, but Steve Jobs didn't invent the iPhone or the iPad. Steve Jobs was the guy who was like, yes to this, no to this. He wasn't the guy who fucking designed the thing, right? But I, but Tony Stark 
is both the guy who owns the company and the guy who literally soldered together the palladium to make the arc reactor, right? That doesn't that doesn't really exist anymore. Yeah, Edison was like that and Tesla and whatever. But like that's not how it works. Tesla the inventor, not Tesla the company. Yes. <laughs> um and and so like and so, like, thinking there's this guy that he's the guy, he's the guy who's going to do the thing. It's like, no, that doesn't, it's never that. You need a team. You don't need a polycule and the guy who, you know, and like weird legal shape and, and your firm, the firm that does your compliance checks exist in the metaverse. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, how do, how, I, I don't yeah. understand. Well, I do understand. It's because he poured money into like dem to, into democratic pockets. I mean, that's just it. Well, and also there was also those grants to um, various and assorted media outlets that I'm sure made certain reporting not particularly tenable. Yeah, say. and you know what? And again, if people will say like, "What conservatives don't." fall for rich people grifts and stuff. Yes, they do. All they damn day. They absolutely do. But we all know, again, what what to me what uh what the liberal world isn't allowed to do in my opinion is to on the one hand say like, look, everybody who's creative, everybody who's in arts and everybody who's in media, every, we're all liberal, right? Conservatives you don't have any of that shit. Okay, but then you got to take that shit on the chin when you fall for fucking charlatans like mm -hmm. this that are easily recognizable as charlatans. And yes, there is a slightly more weight to that when it's like because then they go on every talk show and he was supposed to do a New York Times symposium with Zelensky and fucking uh, I don't know what uh, Bill Gates. Yeah. That's you. Uh, if you own that world, if if you're so smart and you're so much better than like the conservative world because all that shit happens on your side, you gotta take the you gotta take it on the chin when they fall for some smoke and mirrors show like this. True, and it's just it's the whole situation is just weird, and it's getting weirder. And my hot take is this is somehow all gonna get blamed on Caroline. Bet. What watch? They're gonna figure out a way to blame it all on her. I mean, it seems that they were like prepping to do that anyway because mm -hmm. their argument was like, "It's all Alameda. We don't know. We gave them money. We don't know what they did." Yes, the the what he said was like that they had loaned Alameda this money, that these billions of dollars, and that it was Alameda that had uh, that had like squandered it, but that they were under the impression uh, them FTX that they were good for it essentially because they were Alameda, right? Because they, uh, the, he says where there were separate entities, but Alameda initially seeded us all that crap. Mm -hmm. So his argument is, you know, mm -hmm. th we, they wrote us an IOU and because of our like uh, history with them, we trusted them to be good for it. Fine. Whatever. That's your argument. But that's like a, that's like a, I loaned my friend $500 and he like, and he bet it away, right? Mm -hmm. That's not billions of dollars of other people's money and shit like that. And unfortunately, like, unfortunately, I mean, FTX, the you know, like the collateral that they offered people for it was their shit coin or whatever, their token, FTT token. 
that you know the that once we 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 tried to explain we tried to explain this on the pod but yeah the idea is that like the more they try to like rec- recoup their losses the more the more their token became devalued. yeah devalued and and so they were less able to do it um sort of very sisyphian but i, I just like yeah, the, all of the the weirdly po- positive coverage or the or the the softballing of it, um, it just again, especially contrasted against this like just utter hatred of Elon Musk or you know what whatever hatred, the idea that he's this like unique danger to the world mm-hmm. when yeah he didn't defraud people and he didn't like bring a company to the point of almost getting people, you know, seriously injured or killed. Like there, there, there's, there's different leagues here and there's a whole conversation that can be had where everybody lumps in all forms of tech under tech. And no, there are different degrees of tech, but we could probably leave that for another day. Cause do you, do you want to talk about, the movie that we watched. Yeah, I mean, we. I. It's funny. Like mm-hmm. I used it as a reference earlier. Uh, Wakanda mm-hmm. Forever. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about it a little. We could talk about how the fa- about I mean, the fact that it was fine. Yeah, so to say, we could talk about the fact that there's really not a lot to talk about. Well, okay, so okay, so yeah, here's 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 one thing that we can start with. So Letitia Wright was really good in it. Letitia Wright and uh, and uh, I mean, there was like the the acting was like. <laughs> better than the movie deserved if you want to like call it that uh but she was really good angela bassett was really good but like so okay whatever there was an article in the hollywood reporter i think or entertainment weekly something like that I think it was hollywood reporter about uh potential like oscar nominees that have baggage right and then three names that they mentioned was brad pitt will smith and her now now uh brad pitt there, uh, Angelina Jolie made some sort of allegations about him that he was physical with her, with their kids. I can't remember something, something that's in that's part of their like divorce proceedings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith, well, obviously, we, we know what Will Smith did. <laughs> yes, obviously, and also again, officially like banned from the academy. He resigned from the academy, but was banned from the ceremony. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. Letitia Wright didn't want to get a COVID vaccine. And said that it was bad. I think she said she said nutty she said nuttyish things about it. But that's it. That's the baggage, you know. Again, and at the time, the reason that uh, her like refusal or lack of desire to get vaccinated was seen as such a uh, evil thing was that that this was deep in the it prevents transmission. Uh, phase of the whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. cycle uh whereas now because we know that it doesn't prevent it then you know like the idea is that it's mostly you putting additional risk on yourself now she's young and presumably healthy because she was in a movie that requires lots of physical shit to do and so the idea that that is somehow like disqualifying for the Academy in the same way that like Will Smith smacking somebody at the Oscars themselves is that feels very unfair to her. Well, it's also very interesting because one of the more uncomfortable truths of COVID 
And this is one that progressives tried their absolute damnedest to sidestep is that there was a lot of resistance in the black community to the vaccine. And for various assorted reasons, some of them completely valid. I mean, there's plenty of older black people who are old enough to remember Tuskegee and they're all like, there, yes. there's, there's reason, she, there's reason for the black by, community yeah. to be, be skeptical of yeah. new she, things. She, by the way, is British. Um, but that, I mean, that doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, it's something that kind of transcends because like I said, there is that inherent distrust of the black community when it comes to the medical profession. Also, I wanted to, it should be known, uh, that there, this, it, it also kind of highlighted this a little bit, Hollywood and, um, and also athletics, not just black athletes, plenty of others. There is more of that than people want to admit. There's more people in Hollywood who aren't super keen on vaccines. There's more people in athletics. And the athletics thing, by the way, isn't just a vaccines thing. It's uh, anybody who's in like professional sports and like a world-class athlete, they have some weird views about nutrition, about uh, what, what the things they got to put in their body or not mm. put in their body. And, you know, and, 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 uh, in the same way that uh, a lot of, uh, like athletes are, are very superstitious that I'm not comparing, but like you find like you, you, you feel like I know exactly what I'm putting in my body right now. And I don't want anything else going in right now. Cause right now everything's humming along. I'm hitting three I'm, you know, I, I, I have zero interceptions in the season. And so whatever, it's one of those things where you're like, I'm, if I put some kind of chemical in and I fail like that's, I, I'm, it's going to cause some kind of mental collapse. And it's not that they're anti-vax exactly. It's more like, yeah, it's more like their their body, their ability to be like in in a harmonious mind body state is the, their literal reason for existing, and they don't want to fuck it up with something that's like brand new. Like I get it, I get it. And this is also probably a whole another topic for another day. But up until COVID, it was perfectly fine to be anti-vax in liberal circles, especially rich liberal circles, like. People not vaccinating their kids. That was a whole fucking thing. Yeah. And like Brentwood. Okay? Yeah. Well, and also like, yeah, there's a, there was like outbreaks of like measles yeah. and it's always like in, in like a Washington state, rural Oregon, places like that. And I think, uh, I think uh, Vermont had a big problem with that stuff. And yeah, that's not Vermont is not, it's the same people who like drink raw milk and get sick from it. Um, but anyway, back to the movie. Yes, it, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, it was it was fine. Like it's a criticism that I've had a lot of Marvel properties, especially going into She-Hulk in the first couple of episodes. I was like, okay, this is going to be a vehicle to get to the next Marvel thing, and it actually turned out to be a fairly decent standalone product. I know a lot of people have feelings about She-Hulk, whatever. Yeah, Jen and I like it. Shut up. Yeah, it was it, it when you <laughs> when you take it for what it is, it's just a fun show about a young female lawyer who turns into a Hulk. Anywho, my point is this movie really did feel like basically a vehicle to the next thing because it's like it's called Wakanda Forever. It's not really about Wakanda. I mean, Wakanda is in it, but it's not particularly a 
about Wakanda per se. Yeah, I think it should have it should have been called something like the War for Vibranium or something like that. But I I think maybe they didn't want war because they already had Infinity War, Civil War, all that stuff. For uh, above average, Joe says for context, what were your thoughts on the first Black Panther? Uh, I thought the first Black Panther was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was also fine. <laughs> it but- had excellent elements. It had some of the best production design of the entire MCU. It had some, it had per- potentially the best cast, like the best ensemble mm-hmm. cast of any MCU movie. And everybody like slayed it right in their roles. Absolutely. I thought the ending was like a really crappy CGI thing that like, and I'm not even, I'm not even a prima donna about that stuff. I really am not like I, I'm way less critical of that stuff than a lot of people around me, but I, I thought it was like a, a mess that didn't look great. Um, and, uh, but, but it's like, I liked it and there's a lot to enjoy here, but like Jen said, I think Jen really nailed it when she said that this movie really is a huge pile of like setting up future things. And that's fine. Like I personally thought Riri Williams was great. I actually think a lot of the young, the sort of young people that they're casting for things are excellent. Like I really like Kate Bishop. Uh, what's her name? Uh, what's her name? Hawkeye uh, girl that's in Bumblebee and other things. Who's really good. Uh, she's great. I think uh, the Kamala Khan actress is really good. I like the She-Hulk, although she's not very young anymore. Like that's the running joke is that she's old. But um uh, and yeah, I like, I thought Riri, I think she's, she's a good, she's fun and like funny and stuff and like a, a like a, a fun character and like the antics there were kind of fun. I thought her suit at the end looked very anime. Oh, Haley Steinfeld. Thank you. By the way, it's very funny. Cause she's like, uh, she's like this sort of, she's like a hot, sexy, whatever starlet. Right. But like the thing that brought her fame was she was the girl in True Grit in the movie True Grit, the remake with uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, and she's like, I mean, she's a girl, she's like thirteen or something like that. But she's kind of plain looking. It's hard to explain, but like I, I thought it was like a perfect casting because she didn't look like this. Maybe they kind of quote unquote regulared her up, but she didn't look like one of those child actors that you see are like, you know, have like that gorgeous child actor face or whatever. I, she looked like a regular person and she fucking killed it. Like she's great in that. But, uh, um, but yeah, it's sort of funny to me that now she's like, she's like a, a hot, a hot starlet who does like uh, magazine covers and stuff. But yeah, I mean the, the movie itself, I mean, we're not going to spoil anything, I guess. Well, I right? mean, the plot line is well known enough at this point. Like, you're, you're right. There's nothing. You're right. I mean, there's one big, the, the, again, when I say that this movie is meant to be a vehicle to get to the next big thing, um, the mid credit scene is basically like the purpose of this movie, really and truly. And that I will not spoil for you, but wait. Now I can't even remember what it was. You really, can you uh, can you imagine that I can't remember what it was right now? You really, dude. You need to rem- You need to remind. Oh yes, of course. Okay, now now I remember. Yes, you're no, you're right. And, and okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. That's the best. So it's funny that you said that. That to me was the best creative choice of the entire movie, and it's in the post credit scene. 
because it's something that bothered me a lot. I'm not going to say what it is against a big spoiler. So I can't, I can't say what it is. I'll, it'll take a few weeks before this is something it's that can be discussed. Known, yeah. yeah. Uh, but something that very, I was very bothered by is kind of cleverly worked around here in a way that I thought was kind of cool. Um, but, but you're right. It's set up like four things. It's and right. and, and, and we can't even be very specific about that because we don't want to like give away who survives or who might die, all kinds of stuff like that. Although one thing I think, I mean, I guess this technically isn't a spoiler per se because I mean, obviously, everybody knows that Chadwick Bosworth is not uh, Bozeman. Bozeman is not with us anymore. So and then the whole thing was like, well, we're not going to recast. So obviously. Had to figure out a way to kill off T'Challa. So and bad. They so do, bad. do, but in the most unsatisfying way possible. <laughs> and they and I and I guess I read later that they were like, but I, I I'm sorry, I I'm I'm not buying this excuse because they were like, we didn't want it to feel exploitative and so like whatever. But, but it is no, I'm sorry. It's really lazy. It's really it, like. Uh, can, can we just say it? Because I mean, yes, it it's matter. literally the first thing that happens in the movie. Yeah, it's just like the movie just starts with Shuri like frantically trying to like find a cure for this disease that's killing him, and then he just dies. King T'Challa is with the ancestors, and you know? there's literally no explanation. No, just he just dies of unknown causes, an undisclosed illness. They say Anderson Cooper says on the news. Yeah, he's just dead. Yeah, and now, now again, they were gonna have to do that somehow, right? Right, but I mean, you could have done something a little more elaborate. I think so. I, I think. think here, here's here was my here was my idea because I saw lots of people come up with ideas of how to do it, and they were all better than what they did. My idea was like, well, because they did literally nothing. Yeah, my <laughs> thing was like, you start at the funeral. Right. The first thing that happens is the funeral. And as it's going along, you get little flashes of like him on a mission, but you only see him in the suit. It's not you don't see Bozeman because, again, we don't do a CGI, whatever. Yeah. They're doing some kind of thing and there's explosions and blah. Something and then he, happens. And... and it's all in like little flashes. Like you see Shuri and then it like flashes to her screaming in the middle of the battle or whatever. Something like that. Like uh, in a, a much more like show don't tell. You don't have to even to say oh, he died in a battle. That's all you got to do is you do these like this montage where like yeah, you get like little visual flashes of like the events that led to his death. That's all you got to do. And then later, Anderson Cooper can say, like, one year after, uh, uh, one year after King T'Challa, also known as the Black Panther, died in an unexpected uh, something after saving a bus full of children, you know, something, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Sacrificing himself so that a bunch of people could survive or something like that. He had, that was it. He had, that was his only choice or something like that. Um, like, instead, it was just like, Oh, he's dead. Like, and oh, he's just dead, it. and uh, who knows? I yeah, I don't know. I it felt I it felt it felt lazy, and uh, again, I think there was a little too much deference to to Chadwick Boseman as though he he is somehow this character. I either owned him or because they said they were like yeah. afraid to write plot things for the character. I had a disrespect for the actor. It's like this is – and you know there's this controversy today with uh, Martin Scorsese. Uh, sorry, with uh, Quentin Tarantino yeah. who said like that uh, 
the people who star in MCU movies aren't the stars, the characters. He was like, Chris Evans isn't the star of Captain America movies. Captain America is. And people got mad, but that's literally true. And the proof of that is how weird it is that they're like, oh, we didn't want to say what disease he died of because Chadwick died of cancer and it would have been – it's like, who, so what? It's like make up something. Like, so I don't what? Know. He's Black Panther. He died of, I don't know, like – Something exotic, like not cancer. Like, just, just say make something up. I yeah, literally. I don't know. Like what you couldn't have. You couldn't have said something like uh, rare genetic mutation. Who the no, fuck knows? not even. Not even. It could have just been like you could have tied it into something that had happened yeah. in 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 Endgame. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I was say something happened while he was fighting Theranos or Theranos. Theranos. <laughs> Theranos. <laughs> so he, he went. So we'll yes. see what happened. Was yes. he tested his blood at the Theranos machine? <laughs> And unfortunately, it didn't tell him that he had this rare genetic disorder, and so he died. I can snap my fingers and uh, <laughs> test you for uh, leukemia. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, like, I mean, it was just, and 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 another thing that I thought was unfortunate but 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 still fixable i guess or whatever i thought that like namor was surprisingly not charismatic i thought he was gonna be this like i am namor or whatever and he's but he's not he's kind of like he's kind of soft soft spoken almost it's kind of strange my biggest criticism of this movie aside from it being like a vehicle is that it's very, very, very predictable and kind of boring, to be honest. Like, it's, like it's boring because it's predictable. Like, walking into it, you kind of already know what's going to happen. There's, I mean, this might be like a total nitpick, but I, I, it's annoying to me that because you know, because like a big plot point mm-hmm. of this is like the world is annoyed that Wakanda uh, is you know hoards its vibranium essentially, like mm-hmm. it doesn't. Nobody else can have it. Uh, and but and so it's this crazy expensive, crazy rare resource, right? But like in Wakanda, literally everything is made out of a there's like a big ship that they go into battle at the end, gigantic ship, and it's entirely made out of vibranium. That's fucking ridiculous. Like make it more special. Make it like, oh, you know, like the ships, only the wings of the ships can be made out of the vibranium and only the armor of the... No, it's like, oh, this is my vibranium underwear. It's like, I mean, it really is, though. Like, everybody has everything is made out of vibranium. And then, because I guess, I mean, spoiler alert, I guess, but like the Atlanteans or whatever it is also have like vibranium. That's turns out that they also have it. But then also it's like their socks are made of vibranium <laughs> instead right. of like just the important things. Cause like maybe you want to have some spare, but I guess they have infinite vibranium, but then nobody else has any. I mean, I guess. And it, there's, it, it's funny. There's the, the scene where, okay. The, the whole point of this movie is to introduce new characters, mainly Namor and while they never, they didn't say it, they didn't say the name, but this was basically introducing Ironheart. So yeah, the, but well, but we they, knew that, and she's gonna now she's gonna be she's gonna have her own because uh, they're she's yeah, she's getting a Disney Plus show. Yeah, but so the the one scene where Namor comes to Wakanda and comes to Ramonda and Shuri, and he's like, 
he, he lays out the whole thing like, okay, you're either going to find this girl who made the vibranium detecting machine for the CIA so I can kill her, or I'm going to destroy Wakunda. <laughs> I, Wakanda. I, another, and, and, but, an, another but, incredibly lazy scene. Yeah, go ahead. I want to, I want to, I'll, I'll follow up. Yeah. And so he's standing there and Ramonda's like, what is he asking about vibranium? And sure. He's like, look at him. He's covered in it. Yeah. Everything he's, everything is his, uh, his, uh, his septum. Swim, his is, swim trunks are vibranium. Exactly. I hated again that that scene was another very lazy scene mm-hmm. because instead of like making something more, a more creative way for him to meet them. He just happened like it's just at night, and she's like, "Okay, let's go to the yeah, let's like, go to the let me show you some elephants at night." Just the two some, of us, yeah, some mother daughter time here, and that's literally he just literally pops out of the water and happens to encounter the actual queen of Wakanda. But he couldn't; they couldn't have done something a little more dramatic. That's what I mean. He felt so unassuming; like they couldn't have done a thing where. He did it like at a council meeting or something like that or and showed his power in some weird way. Like he had shown up there and they had tried to like vibranium him to death somehow. And like he easy, easily brushed them off like to demonstrate his power somehow. Like they didn't do that. He just like showed up and had this like weird talk in at night in the dark. Well, again, that was the whole point is that his his parting shots then was like, you can't tell anybody that you met me. You can't tell anybody who I am. You can't tell anybody where I'm from because that's his whole thing. It's like, he's developed and and they go into it in the movie, the whole backstory of how he became like, you know, submariner king look, of the deep. Yeah. Look, the <laughs> message of this movie is that white people are the reason that Hispanics and blacks fight amongst each other's that's Pretty much yeah that's basically the, the hidden well, if you want to be if the, you, the, co- the colonizers yeah if you want to talk about if you want to talk about the woke messaging in disney movies try to present a woke reading of this movie that would be it overnight it's essentially like a natural resources thing right Right, because but, yeah, these I'm, two indigenous cultures have this like a national na- natural resource that the rest of the world covets. I do like that it was the French who did it and not Americans. That was kind of nice. Oh, nice of Disney to finally yeah, make kinda, France the bad guy. Yeah, they kind of backed that up for a second. So we we start out the movie. Um, okay, so T'Challa dies, funeral one year later. Right. So um, vibranium testing facility, whatever is invaded by mercenaries and this is also presented in the movie at at the same time as queen ramonda going to the un to speak and so these mercenaries show up um obviously the wakandan badass women are there capture them cart their asses into the un and it's heavily implied that they're french mercenaries yeah and they they basically dump their asses like in the middle of the un and like or like, okay, no, this is this is not what we're doing. Yeah, it's funny. They have uh, there's a whole line of like Fran- French because uh, because there was a whole thing about Batroc who who was also like wanted by the French government and all that stuff. But uh, um, uh, but yeah, like the whole kickoff for this story is that now that the world knows that vibranium exists other countries are trying to obtain it by any means necessary yes and they can't it, it you would almost 
you could almost call it unobtainium. Except that the problem is that it kind of became obtainium because the CIA found this one wonderkind black girl at MIT who made a machine that can detect vibranium. And so they're down there on the floor of the ocean looking around and they found some vibranium and then um namor's people showed up and killed everybody basically <laughs> yeah um and and above average joe says the goofy underwater magic carpet ride now look i think i personally i don't know what about you i think uh human like a like a mer civilizations you know like a mm -hmm. society atlanteans and a, i find that so fucking dumb i'm sorry it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. You can't talk under the, unless you're telepathic or whatever. But like they had this whole thing where like, oh, if you were took off your suit here, you would be crushed by the pressure. But they look exactly like you. You can't have something that looks exactly like a person. They would need to be some kind of like armored. They have to have some kind of armored, armored skin that doesn't implode under those pressures. And you can't build anything how do you hammer how do you chisel uh rock underwater you can't you don't have momentum that's like physically anyway none of that shit works it just doesn't feel natural it feels like something that works like in a cartoon or in some kind of mythical or if they're like literally just fish people and not just humans <laughs> fish man yes they're just like people looking people you know you got to make them like ugly fish people which like i mean they kind of tried to in sort of like an avatarish well no but way by the way here's but... the thing because that was they made this very unclear in the in the movie mm -hmm. they turn blue only when they're outside of the water he's the only one who doesn't do that they all like look regular when they're underwater but then when they come out and they have those like reverse scuba masks oh because they they don't they're not oxygenating properly yeah it's like the it's like Wernstrom you know have you ever seen Wernstrom's invention of the reverse scuba suit where it's a it's a goldfish that's in a little goldfish bowl that has robot legs <laughs> and so you can like leave and walk around Wernstrom i'm sure somebody gets that it's from Futurama it's a really funny uh it's a very funny uh thing i think they actually did this they let let a fish like drive around a fishbowl like for real mm -hmm. that like gave it the ability to like move its fishbowl around on like wheels <laughs> but like could they give it little controls it's pretty amazing um you know i think we're right about at the end of this uh we it's uh it's 9 30 so we're we're just about wrapping up we didn't even really talk about well, we, we kind of did in the beginning, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we did kind of cover everything, I guess. We, we talked about my lack of things. Yeah. Maybe next week we can talk about Love is Blind. Because I thought about that after we set up the room for today that we talked about that on on, on Ambitious Crossover Attempt that we we're going to talk about that. And I was like, oh, well, oh, well. We still have some to watch. Also, yeah. and, the Andor finale is tomorrow. So we're definitely mm -hmm. going to cover that. Uh, yeah, if you checked on Twitter, like Jen and I are watching Love is Blind Japan and Brazil at the same time and uh, gaining very interesting insight, both like on, you know, those two societies. And it's very interesting to compare uh, because, you know, Brazil, uh, um, uh, uh, sexy, like I'm we're talking about like the stereotype, right? Sexy, um, uh, very, you know, romantic, open, like you don't, you expect them to be like, a very sexually forward and stuff like that. Japan reserved, 
uh, practical conservative. Uh, and it's interesting to see the same format applied to those two sort of social stereotypes. It's interesting. It is. And, and we are more watching these because we um, watched all the American ones already. Yes. And, and, and that is another, that is another point of comparison. And I would say that in some ways, like the, the Brazilian one is certainly closer to the American one. But still a bit different, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, it's absolutely different, and it's it because and and uh, and uh, and yeah, Brazil also remember is a country about the size of the United States. Doesn't have the same kind of population. It's very mm-hmm. different, or whatever. But it is a giant country. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're just gonna and well, I just want to read uh, above average Joe's uh, comment here. He says the plot of both movies has been about Wakanda nearly being taken over by someone who wants to use their vibranium to start a world war but we're supposed to root against other countries getting their own vibranium. That's very true. Um, and uh, uh, maybe it could be like a, a, like a mad situation. Like if everybody had vibranium, then we'd have mutually assured destruction and then nobody would use it. I mean, kind of, by the Who way, knows? if they have, a, if, 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 uh, if Riri Williams invented a machine that detects vibranium, then instead of going out to rob other societies of their vibranium, just put it in. For it. No, just put yeah. it in metal detectors because their whole thing was like, "Oh, metal detectors don't detect vibranium. That's well, why it's dangerous." Boop, boop. Fucking build metal metal detectors go. with her invention. Not it. <laughs> yes, not not vibranium pillaging machines. Just like you can't sneak in your vibranium spear in here, ma'am. Please, <laughs> please check it with your coat and wig. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna hum. Am I gonna hum the exit music? I don't think I'm gonna hum the exit music. I think we're just gonna do, we're just gonna do the thing that we did before. It sounds like there's no, like it sounds to Jen in her headphones as though I turned us off, but I did not. I just turned us off in our own head on, headphones so I could do this, so I could play uh, us off uh, somehow. There we there go. Gonna play us off uh, on this uh, uh, festive episode of uh, All Crossed Out. Uh, thank you very much. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving, uh, Black Friday, odd stuff. Have some turkey, have some Amazon deals. Uh, Jen, plugs. Okay, so obviously you know where to find this. Uh, normally we're on Wednesday nights, but it's Tuesday night because it's a holiday week. But Obviously, Wednesday nights, 8.30 Eastern, you can catch us live here on the app or afterwards on the call-in app or on podcast catchers. Um, Our main podcast, Ambitious Crossover Attempt, that does drop on Mondays, and you can find us on all your podcast catchers. You can find us on Twitter at AMBXover. You can find me on Twitter at ThatGenMonroe and on Substack at GenMonroe.Substack.com. Hooray, I'm Neon Taster on Twitter and also YouTube.com slash Neon Taster and Twitch.tv slash Neon Taster and Instagram.com slash Neon Taster and YourMom.com slash Neon Taster uh, and uh, Ambitious Crossover Attempt on YouTube. Thank you very much. Uh, stay tuned for some streams after the holidays. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. Bye. Good night, everybody.